What's up, friends? Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, having some real honest conversation about what it looks like for us to lead the next generation. I am Brett, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Crystal. Hello. Chef. Hey, everybody. And our friend Aloha. Hey, what's up? And Aloha's been on the podcast before, so if you don't remember Aloha, Aloha works here with us at Orange, and she is also a small group leader. Yeah, my fabulous eighth graders. Eighth graders. Eighth grade today. Fresh, yeah, fresh eighth graders. Oh, fun time. So today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're going to be discussing the question, reaching students during the week. So a lot of times the conversations we have around these tables for the podcast, they talk a lot about programming or ministry or kind of like in-house stuff. And today we're kind of getting outside of that box. We're talking about outside of kind of our normal in-church programming strategy sort of conversations. And we're going to talk about life that happens outside of that. Because as we know, as small group leaders, ministry leaders, parents, and just in general human beings, there's a lot of life that happens outside of the church walls and church programming. And so we're going to be talking about how can we help our small group leaders and how can we be in connection? How can we be engaging with our students outside of all the normal stuff that we do? And Chef, I'm pretty sure you wrote a book that had a little pe- no. a little bit to do with this. Well, so, I mean, you know, we wrote a book called Lead Small, but yeah. Lead Small came from um, this idea that we needed to help train small group leaders. So we grabbed the best small group leaders we knew, put them around the table, and we had several questions to ask them, but we just wanted to hear their conversation. And they we asked the question, what would you tell a new small group leader? And that was the last question we got to ask because they talked for the next two hours. <laughs> but over and over and over again, this idea of showing up outside of Sunday or Wednesday night was, was so, so, so important. In fact, um, I, when I, before I did this, I was a teacher. And when I talk about this, I always talk about when you show up outside or show up randomly is what we call it yeah. in the book whether it's through a text message or in person, it's like, do you remember seeing your teacher out at dinner? Yeah. And how (laughs) weirdest. Isn't it weird? Because at some point, like you think, oh, they go in the closet and turn off when the bell rings, (laughs) right? Or but at the end of the day, like showing up at minute for them, it's what you have to do. For them, it's your job. For them, you're not there for any specific when you show up for them out of the blue, like do you now do you remember Maybe being on the basketball court or, you know, sitting on stage with a band or at a play and looking out and seeing a teacher who showed up to see Mm -hmm. Whole different ballgame changes the level of of relationship. So if you're, you know, if you're in a smaller ministry where you're that point relationship, you know, this is important. If you're in a bigger ministry where you've realized, I can only do this for so many kids and you've asked for help and now you have small group leaders or group leaders or life group leaders, whatever you call them, doing that sort of thing. This has to be part of the orientation and talking about that. Mm -hmm. And then as technology changes, it's just been kind of cool that there are a thousand of different ways yeah. to show up and give that kid that feeling to make them know, you know, I'm showing up, I'm reaching out because I love you, not because I have to sort of a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's such totally. a big deal. It's funny that you mentioned technology because we were talking about FaceTime before and FaceTime has just completely changed the game. Like yeah. my students oh, will sure. just FaceTime me or they'll be together and they FaceTime me and it's like, oh, great. Like we could have gone out for coffee, but we had this 20 minute conversation <laughs> over FaceTime and it was so much easier. I didn't even right. have to leave my house. Right. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's clarify together. So what is, what is the purpose? What's the point? What does it do? So this idea of, of showing up randomly as one of the principles of, of lead small, 
What does that do between a relationship with a small group leader and their student? I think it gives it credibility. Okay. Because it's funny, like when I spend time with my girls, it never, and, and I lead a small group of 11th graders, it never crosses their mind that I don't have to do that, that I'm volunteering right. my time. Yeah. Right. Like they don't ever think about that. And, and especially if you're a paid youth pastor, like <laughs> they just assume, well, that's just part of your job. Right. That's your job to do that. And they think yeah. about that about me as a volunteer. It's your job. Yeah. But when you show up somewhere, you don't have to show up. It gives credibility to everything that you say Absolutely. when yeah. you have to be there. Right. Yeah. It tells that student that you care and you want to know what's going on with their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've totally, by some of my volunteer, I'm, I'm a volunteer small group leader right now at our church, and at least three of them have asked me how long I worked at the church. So how long have you worked at the church? I actually That's don't funny. work at the church. I just yeah. I just actually volunteer to hang out with yeah. you rascals, believe it or not. What yeah. else? What are some other yeah. things that it, that, that it can do for a small group leader and a student? I think it moves, for a kid, faith outside of the event on Sunday or the mm-hmm. event on Wednesday night or whatever it is, mm-hmm. faith becomes, oh, this is, you know, uh, I think the the way you reach out and what you're reaching out about actually teaches them about, you know, interacting with, with each other and how you care for each other and yeah. all those sorts of things. I mean, to text them is one thing. It means a ton. Mm-hmm. To text them the night before the test they asked you to pray about, I mean, yep. that's a huge, yeah. huge relational, yep. you know, it's it's just a you're putting money in the bank because yeah. you know those conversations are gonna they're just gonna trust you more yeah. they're gonna lean into you more and um, so whenever you can pay I mean that would be one tip is don't just reach out during the week but reach out with purpose yeah 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 one of the things for me is it's such low hanging fruit when it comes to building relationships with parents mm-hmm. yeah. especially if you're if you're showing up to games to you know plays recitals mm-hmm. yep. whatever it is. Those are such easy times. A, the parents obviously see you there. They know that you're making an effort. You're going out of your way to be there. But at the same point, I mean, you know, being a guy. So when I do this, it tends to be sporting events, which is a little Mm -hmm. bit easier to sit around and chat than if you're at a dance recital. It probably doesn't work out as well. But, you know, if I'm watching a basketball game, you know, their son's basketball game, it's so easy just to, you get to know them a little bit better. They Mm -hmm. get to know you. That creates way more trust, way more ownership. The more likely to actually read the email the next time, whatever it is, it just takes all of that stuff to the next level. And the perk is that the parents know that you don't have, you're not getting paid to be there. So for them, they're like, it's so amazing that you're here. I can't believe it. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> At the beginning of last year, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do this for all the girls in my group. And the first event I went to was a track meet. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know how long track meets last. Nobody told me. hours. Nobody yeah. told me that was a six-hour track meet. But I got to know that parent really, really I well. Bet. I don't have a relationship with any parent like I have with a parent I spent six hours That's with. That's amazing. Because you do get to know them, but I do not recommend track meets as a way Or at least getting. find out, like, hey, when during the track meet when is, yeah. is your event? event? Yeah, no, yeah. I once went to a play where there were three different age groups, and my, my girl was the oldest, and I showed up at the beginning of the play, because that's what the website said, and also brought my four-year-old daughter. And so we mm. sat through three hours of yeah. <laughs> early elementary, middle elementary. And then we finally got right. to middle school and she was like, we're doing this again. <laughs> like, yes, but we're here. We're, sh- we're showing up. <laughs> I've had that conversation with youth workers a ton and 
you know, the, the older wiser say, it's not about seeing them, it's about them seeing us. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they talk about halftime's perfect at a football game. You kind of get <laughs> in and yep. you high five everybody and they just assume you're sitting somewhere else in the game. <laughs> and you head out the other side and move on to something else. But, you know, the point that's that you funny. were there, you, that's what you're there for right. most of the time. I mean, sometimes it's super fun to watch all that stuff. But, I mean, dance recitals. Yeah. Swim meet. I mean, I'm an old swimmer. You don't. No. Go well, even a football game is like two and a half to three hours. Right. Even just a middle school football game yeah. is two hours. And I know for me, sometimes I can talk myself out of doing stuff like that. I've got three kids and yeah, you know sure. all, all sorts of things going on. So when I think about like, oh, do so I want to go to their? That's all Thursday. It doesn't have to be all Thursday night. It can be you know an hour and you know right. hopefully yeah. that doesn't come off as manipulative. You know manipulative or, or whatever to those of you that are listening, but it's being strategic and it's trying to use that influence in the way that, that has the most impact possible. Yeah, you know, it's totally. been more helpful for me than the football game, because if you're listening and you're somewhere else, I don't know if this is true for you. We live in the South football is a huge deal here. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes to the Friday night game, but I don't see my students when I'm at the Friday night game because their friends are like way cooler than me. And so mm-hmm. they'll go hang out with them. But I try to have a, a Starbucks hour during that dead time between school is over mm. and the game doesn't start for another th- you know, two or three hours, mm. I'll hang out at Starbucks during that time and kids will come in and out. That dead zone time before the event has actually been way better than the event. So let's jump on that a little bit more. So what are some really practical things? So we talked about technology, so FaceTime, texting, showing up to games, showing up to recitals. What are some other kind of practical things that we've heard of or that we've done ourselves that that could be helpful? Well, I can tell you something that was done for us that meant a ton, and it goes back to your comment about the parents, that you're not only reaching out to the kids here, but the parents. I mean, the night before um, the first day of middle school, I might get choked up talking about it. You know, a brand new small group leader, he just emails out of the blue. We didn't ask him to as a ministry. So this is a guy who's a volunteer in my ministry at the time. And boom, this email lands and just saying, thinking about your boys, they're going to be great. You know, and it was like, (laughs) holy smokes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was like, and I, that needs to become part of our training. Like what a great, great opportunity to reach out and, you know, and then when he said he's going to high school last year, it was like, all right. And we're going to high school with him. You know, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, you can't beat that relationship. We trust him. He loves my kid. And, you know, but that was my introduction to yeah, how great this person is that's, you know, investing in my kid. So um, awesome. I think everybody has some kind of built-in thing that they can leverage. For me, for instance, this is super convenient, but the middle school uh, where like I have four students is literally down the street, as you guys know, because you work here. But so when they get done with school, if it's not raining, um, I say, hey, text me if you're walking this way and, you know, getting picked up and go and, you know, grab ice cream with them or just hang out in the courtyard or or whatever, just to say, hey, um, really quick, which, you know, there's, if you think about it, there's got to be, there's something that you can leverage um, to make it easier on yourself to have these interactions and these moments with these kids, yeah. um, but not, you know, break the bank in terms of uh, time away from your family yep. or time yeah. away from work or whatever. Yeah. One thing that can be really helpful to parents, especially if you have students that can't drive yet, mm-hmm. is to plan some kind of event on early release days. Every school has those. Parents mm-hmm. are still working. It's a great idea. Um, yeah, that's a great and idea. just say, hey, I'll go, I'll go, you know, take my car and pick up three or four of them and we'll go get ice cream or whatever until you get home. Parents are always really appreciative when yeah. that happens. And then students are like, yeah, I don't have to just go home by myself. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very cool. One of the things for me that I always try with each kid in my small group is 
you know, one of the things we talk about in training small group leaders is, you know, find something that you can connect with, with each kid. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if it's, uh, you know, oh, me and them love this sport or, hey, we have this band in common or something like that. But you find something with each kid and then kind of just in the course of, of life when, you know, you see an article about this or like that's that sports team has a great game or something mm-hmm. like that. Then those those are just kind of continued prompts to, mm-hmm. you know, send a text message to give a call. Hey, did you watch last night? You know, what did you think about this? Or, hey, you know, just saw this article about, you know, whatever it is that they really like. You know, what are you, what are your thoughts? What do you think about that? Yeah. I think one thing that intimidated me when I first became a small group leader was when my co-leader would gravitate towards a student Mm -hmm. and that student will gravitate towards her. And it's sort of this like, Oh, why doesn't so-and-so like me as much? (laughs) But then I realized, wait, no, you can leverage this like that. Those two people or those three people or whatever have a a connection that I don't necessarily have, which is great. Like they can go and, you know, own that relationship. And, and then that frees me up to go really connect with the students that I actually connect with. And so I think, for me, I always try to keep an open, open dialogue with my co-leader about, you know, oh, you've got so-and-so, you know, her test is this week, like you're going to send her the text yeah, or, yeah. you know, so-and-so's um, play is this week, so you're going to go, you know. You bring up a great point. If you have a small groups-based ministry, if there is any way possible to get your leaders a co-leader, it yeah. is like mm-hmm. putting gas in their tank. Yeah. Well, um, well, keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to say, and I know some of you are thinking, I don't have enough leaders to have one leader per group right now. But I'm telling you, when you go to two leaders per group, it actually becomes easier to get small group leaders. Yeah. And true, for sure. And I mean, it's so interesting when you tell someone who's like, "I'm signing up for this. I'm, I don't think I can handle it." And you're like, "Well, you have a co-leader," and their shoulders drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have a co-leader. Oh, that's good. I can do this. You know, yeah. it's yeah, it's such an interesting thing. There's zero chance my co-leader would have done this if she didn't have a co-leader. She told me that. Um, she wouldn't have signed up. I don't think I could have kept going <laughs> because just yeah, the great. amount of time that yeah. it saves when we can right. tag team and we have different working mm-hmm. hours and, you know, this kid has a crisis, but I have a crisis, so can you handle yeah. it? Like yeah. that sort yeah. of thing is so helpful. I think practically, to go to your point, like camps count for some reason relationally camps yeah. don't count as scheduled time for some reason so kids true. flip yeah. a switch and you're here because you love me not because you have to be yeah. and it's such a powerful time and we had a small group leader and i think this would be a practical tip that taught us a lesson and what what he did is he had a schedule that every sunday a kid one of the kids gets to stay later and get one-on-one time School. But he mm-hmm. would put that schedule out to parents and kids, and the kids were so excited to get one-on-one time with this small group leader. <laughs> it was such an interesting wow. thing. This was in the middle school. Mm-hmm. But what it inspired us to do is at camp is we, in our, in our books, we then said to our small group leaders, hey, try to get 15 minutes one-on-one time with every one of your kids, and the co-leaders would sit. And that's where you would start to see them openly talking about the fact, well, this one's really drawn to you, this one's drawn to me. And, and it was okay, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. But, and we and they would just kind of write down these different times, but the kids were so excited to get their one-on-one times. Hmm. You know but, how that has evolved in our small group. So Chef and I attend the same church, yeah. And so that's part of the tradition. When yeah. we go to camp, they always have one-on-ones with a leader. And now that my girls are in the eleventh grade, they're very comfortable with what that means. And yeah. you know, they ask for their one-on-ones. We we don't assign them in the beginning. We tell them yeah. you're going to do this, and <laughs> you know, and now it's just something they ask for. But this year, we also assigned them to have one-on-ones with each other. Hmm. And so they took the same skill that they learned with a leader, and they began to have very open, honest conversations with someone else in the group. And it changed our camp experience this year because 
in two years, they won't be able to call yeah. their leader and how right. you know, or they'll have yeah. to find a new leader. So they have to figure out how to do that. You sort are of thing retiring. <laughs> you guys are they on your own. I'm taking all of your numbers out of my phone. <laughs> so. so some people are probably listening and they're thinking like, yes, like absolutely all these things. I want my small group leaders. I want my volunteers connecting with the students during the week, yeah. but they don't get it or, or it's not happening. So how, how can this idea become a part of the way that we train, the way that we recruit, the way that we talk about what they're expected to do? I was going to say, uh, when you were talking about the one-on-ones, Chef, I was like, man, the first time we did that, I had, because uh, I was in your ministry uh, as a volunteer, I had 24 kids. Yeah. And um, and it was just me that one you know, year in particular, my co-leader um, had, had moved on to another, another church or whatever. And um, it would have been... It would have been amazing if someone had said, hey, I know you have 24, get done what you can. Because I know somebody's listening going, oh, that would be great if I had, you know, a co-leader and a high school co-leader and all these, you know, extra adults around me who can help connect with our kids and all that kind of stuff. But I've I've totally been there. And I've, I had to had that conversation with myself and give myself grace and go, you know what? I'm only going to be able to get about 12. Well, like there's really no way that I can have one-on-ones at 24. And what we're not saying is every week you should talk to each of your kids. Exactly. It's also weird. 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 (laughs) So a couple of practical ideas for ministry leaders is years ago, we talked about creating dashboard Um, in Atlanta. There's tons of traffic. We could dashboard numbers. So you could put on your dashboard, the kids' names and the numbers Mm. so that, Hey, call a couple kids a day on your ride home, you know, and with middle school boys, it's easy because it's a super quick conversation. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? Hey. Good. Yeah. You know, it's all right. That's cool. <laughs> all right. Bye. It's kind of like their text messages are, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, with girls, it's different. I'm sure with 11th oh, grade it's girls. Different. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. No. Long coffees. <laughs> it is. But you know what's funny is... N- this group of 11th graders, maybe this isn't true for everyone. They don't want to have long coffees or long conversations. <laughs> they want to have endless text message conversations. Oh, wow, yeah. um, so one of the things I try to do is at some point in the text message conversation is say, hey, I'm going to start driving. Can you call me? <laughs> and what that allows us to do is connect because you do connect differently when you're yeah. voice to voice. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I leave my house and I go get in my car and drive around the neighborhood so mm-hmm. we ha- I have an excuse to get yeah. out of the text and right. into a real conversation. You can the sound machine app with traffic. There you go. <laughs> Turn it on. Just yell, just yell a couple yeah. times like, hey, what are you doing? Sorry, I'm back. Sorry, yeah. traffic's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> what else? Any other ideas for ministry leaders on how we recruit, how we equip them to be able to, to buy into this? I think a, a really practical thing is don't over-program. True. If, we, if, if you true. have volunteers that you're asking for f- five hours a week because you've got to fill these different programs, they're not going to have the margin to do anything outside of what you already have programmed. Yeah, totally. And so you know, when you think of your strategy of your ministry, your discipleship process, whatever language that you want to use, you've got your program, but you almost have to pretend like the non-programming time is almost programmed time for these show up randomly opportunities mm-hmm. to be able to happen. Yeah. yeah. I would also encourage if you don't already some sort of app or group text program yes. that all of your small group leaders use. We use one and it is a constant conversation. I feel like I talk to the girls as much during the week and it's not 
just one-on-one conversations, but as the whole group is yep. in a conversation mm-hmm. most of the week. <laughs> and you know, today you, you may be hearing this later, but today is the first day of school where we live. So we've been in a group conversation all day yeah. <laughs> about the when first they be day paying of school. attention in class. <laughs> and first day of school outfits, those pictures oh, show up in the yep. group message, but that's an easy way to stay in contact that doesn't require a whole lot yeah. from the yeah. leader. And those apps work even if the kid doesn't have a cell phone a lot of times. Right. Yeah. It, it can work yeah. on an iPad or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So I think it's super important uh, just in general to cast vision. Like yeah. if your leaders know why you want them to do what you want them to do, you know, you can tell somebody, hey, it'd be great if you could, you know, show up every week for different kids and yada, yada. And they look at their schedule and they look at you and they're like, are you insane? Like it's all I can do to show up on Sunday mornings yeah. and Wednesday nights or whatever. But if they know the why behind that, they still might think that's an insane time commitment, but they'll, they'll also understand why you want them to do that yeah. and understand the value behind it. Which it's so important for those conversations also to be happening before they, they commit to anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like we've already talked about the, the lead small book once, but that anytime that someone would come up to me and say, hey, I'm interested in getting involved in youth ministry, I would give them the lead small book. And I would say, hey, before we have any other conversations, I want I want you to take some time, read through this. When you're done, let me know. We'll go grab coffee. We'll go to lunch, whatever it is. And then you sit down with them and you make sure like, okay, one of the things I want to make sure that you know, like this isn't just a, an at church role. Like what we're looking for happens mm-hmm. through throughout the week and okay. trying to set that expectation early before they start showing up of this is this yeah. is really what we're looking for. If that's not interesting to you, that's fine. We can find something else. But this is what we want this role to be. And I think it's important to be clear from the beginning and what you'll find. I know you're afraid to do it because I used to be afraid to do it too. But I think some one of the most motivating phrases when getting these volunteers is, hey, this is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, this is a very special thing. Out. And this is, you know, and then people are like, why do you, you know, why do you ask so much of your small group leaders? And my answer is always because that's what it takes, Yeah, you know, and it's just what it takes to, to reach a kid relationally, to get them to trust you to, you know, so they can really process the deep questions that they have about faith. This is just what it takes. And so if you're out there listening and thinking, I don't have time, I mean, this is what it takes. You do have time. Mm-hmm. None of us have time. Right. We all choose to do what's most important. And so just like you said, like the why behind it is super important if you're leading a ministry. Just yeah. make sure people understand the depth of it. And a lot of times it's as simple as saying, what would it have meant to you in eighth grade for someone who's not your parent to reach out and say something like that? Yeah. Just do that, <laughs> you know, and people are off and around. So, and I almost wonder if we're assuming that everybody listening has a small group space ministry. Yeah. Um, if you don't, you may be like, wow, it'd be great to have a team of 12 <laughs> volunteers who did this. It's just me. And I kind of want to say, hey, it would be great if you had a team of 12 volunteers. That would be a really great thing because eventually, as as great as we are when we're the only leader, there is only so far our ministry can grow. And there's only so many of those conversations we can have, so many kids we can connect with before we need to yell for some help and and bring some other adults into the mix. Go get help, Yeah. 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 So another question kind of coming from the ministry leader point of view We've talked about this. We've casted the vision. We've we've get, given them some ideas on on how to do this. How do you monitor this? How do, mm-hmm. how do you how do you help create some accountability with your volunteers, with your small group leaders, yep. to make sure this is happening? Other than just continuing to beat the drum and saying, "Hey guys, don't forget, reach out yeah. during the week." I've, I have a couple ideas. I don't know that you can monitor it, but I think you can take some. I mean, you can. It can get weird. Yeah, but monitor might not be right Well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea to monitor it, but I think you can take some steps to make sure it happens. So, for instance, 
we would always put a stamp on a postcard with the address yeah. for all the kids that come to your camp. And when you left camp, you had that. And we had spent money, the stamp. Like, it was like, the, that's all there pre-addressed. Would you write them a postcard yeah. to follow up next week? And that's a, even though it's not a real personal thing, it still is showing up yeah. mm-hmm. randomly. It's, you know, it's fun to get mail at that <laughs> age, you know? So that's somewhat fun. Another thing we would do is we would give them a, um, give them a Starbucks card which we've already paid for and say, this is for getting together. And the fact that we've invested t- some money in it yep. really t- you know, it really helped it actually to happen. It's also a good way to get co-leaders to meet together as well. Yeah. I think connecting your, co- your small group leaders together with each other or your volunteers, if you don't have a small group based ministry, just your volunteers in general, yeah. um, help having them share their ideas with each other about what they do to connect with their students. Totally. Uh, for me personally, always gives me, well, it always inspires me to go, oh, I could be doing more, you know, or yeah. I, sometimes I think, oh, I'm terrible. I should be doing more. But <laughs> most of the time I'm inspired and encouraged <laughs> to do more. Um, but it also gives me great ideas and helps, you know, kind of just fuel that fire. Like, yeah. oh, these, yeah, that's what these kids are doing. Yeah. Uh, what gets leaders. celebrated gets repeated. That's, I don't, I don't yeah. know where I first heard that or where that quote comes from. The Reverend, right, Reverend Stanley. There we go. Well, and so there's that whole idea of, all right, like as a, as a ministry leader, when I have trainings together, mm-hmm. what am I going to take time to celebrate? Because yes, we need to keep beating the drum for things. We have to keep casting the vision for things. But what casts the vision, maybe even more successfully than you saying some things again, is letting other people share stories of yeah. that vision actually coming yeah. into fruition and that actually mm-hmm. happening. And I think as much as we can't monitor whether people do this or don't, we can cue them. Yeah. Like I think sometimes the questions we ask cue people, like if if after your program each week you say, "Hey, how was your group time?" or "Hey, how how was the program? How did you like it tonight?" That says what we think is most important. But mm. one of our church staff consistently asked me, "Hey, what are the best conversations you're having right now with your students? Like who, which ones are you talking to most right now?" And that always reminds me that is the most important mm. thing. Mm just by the question being asked. You know, the surprising one lately for me has been the what we're learning with the Uversion devotionals. So good. Um, so we started recently releasing Uversion devotionals that match our series so that as a youth pastor, you can, you know, start, start the series and then tell your kids to download this devotional. Well, the other thing that can happen is you can get together as a group on mm. that Devo. Mm. And so constantly you're talking about what was talked about on Sunday or something similar to what was talked about on Sunday in the context of small group and you're connecting outside of Sunday and you're bringing faith into Monday and Tuesday mm. and Wednesday and it's such a cool thing. I'm glad you brought that up. We actually did that with my own small group this, yeah. <laughs> this semester. We challenged them. Um, here at Orange, we released something called the 30 Challenge, just 30 days of challenging students to do more in their time with God than they, than they normally would, more yeah. scripture, more prayer, that sort of thing. And we said, hey, whoever is in for the challenge within the small group, yeah. we're going to join a second group text. So this isn't for everybody we know, <laughs> but if you're in, join a second group text. And we did the entire, basically, it's a, like a Bible study. We did the whole thing via group text, and it yeah. was great. That's so cool. Yeah. You can text pictures of yourself, you know, spending that time as like accountability or tag people who d- haven't yeah. posted yeah. that day. But yeah, group texting That's works awesome. really well huh. for that. And in a twist, which is somewhat different than what we're talking about, but related what I've been hearing is kids are really comfortable inviting their friends who aren't in the group into the devotional thing Mm -hmm. and there, and it ends Hmm. up them coming to church. So I know what I was, I was at our high school camp a few weeks ago and I'm talking to a leader and he had two kids 
in his ministry that he had never met, but they they came through the YouVersion app because they were invited by friends to join. Super that. cool. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, that is crazy. Similar. That is crazy. A little bit different. We can talk about that on our next podcast. <laughs> how to reach kids who are not in your small group. So. But that's also so helpful for the students who might be in our ministries but can't come to programming because yeah. I know, if, you know, sports several episodes ago yeah. we had a, a sports episode. What do you do with those kids who are in yeah. travel teams? And that's a great option to keep in touch yeah. with them. Well, and I mean, that whole, that whole idea just proves how important it is to stay connected during the week, because even our most committed students are there every other week on yeah, average in this culture that we live in right now. So the reality is, is that you have kids that would say, that's my small group leader, that's my youth pastor, that's my church, or whatever language they would use, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen them in four weeks, four, yeah. you know, four weeks, eight weeks, you yeah. know, nine weeks probably. I just had a, a large church just did a study, and I saw the results. It was kids come, on average, the kids came 11.3 times a year. Wow. But... So once a month, and but they also came to events. Like it was like eleven point three times a year, and every event. Yeah. yeah. So if we're not doing this, yes, we get a, eleven to thirteen at most at yeah. touches in a year. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you're not going to build any sort of, you know, impactful, influential relationships most no. likely no. from that. And so no. what? Even if that just turns into one other time a month, you've just doubled yeah. your touch points yeah. for the year. And that's yeah. another plug for camps because I have um, I have a group where a couple of the families are divorced and so you know you get your every other week you know kids mm-hmm. and then you've got sports and all, all sorts of stuff and so you know on average i have only have like four or five uh, um every sunday which makes for great conversations but then i've got you know 11 or 12 total like yeah. you know my perfect little number yeah. of, of kids but they all come to camps and they all bring mm-hmm. their friends and they all come to you know even just like going and getting yogurt yeah. i have like a 90 percent you know yeah. attention uh, or uh, attendance rate or, or whatever and so for you know if i didn't do these things where we provide these opportunities to to connect outside of group i wouldn't get to know yeah. um and connect with these girls i think one of the things you mentioned that i always felt i had to tell small group leaders is a lot of times they would go you know, they'd put in the time to do an event and maybe four kids would show up mm-hmm. and they were discouraged about that. Mm-hmm. Well, don't be discouraged about that. That's a great opportunity to really lean into, you know, four kids four and kids, really yeah. get to know them and give them that individual. Yeah. And those four kids attention. are going to remember that event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I know I have always wrestled with that, whether it's in, you know, ministry wise in kind of the numbers of people who show up get tied to your own ego or how good you are (laughs) at something or or something along those lines. Or if it's something smaller where you know, like, oh, I'm just trying to get these 10 people to show up and only two people show up, then we're like, well, is it it worth the time? Blah, blah, blah. But like what you're saying, like we just need to kind of do a a quick little shift of perspective there. (laughs) It's like, okay, if eight would have showed up, maybe I would have felt better about that. But I've got an opportunity with two kids to really dive in, to yeah. really have some better conversations with them, yeah. to better connect with them right. that will hopefully lead to more influence at And some point. it might not happen there, but it could definitely be a building block to the conversation that's coming yeah. you know, in the future, which I think is, is so important and such a big deal. Yeah. I have one more practical tip. Yeah. I, this kind of goes with this far, as far as... Um, it, it's kind of a killed nine birds with one stone sort of an idea. But <laughs> one thing we started doing years ago is we started doing our leader meeting for camp 24 hours, basically the day before registration closed. Mm. And in that meeting, we would hand out their full roster with the kids who are coming and the kids who weren't. And we would ask our leaders to reach out one-on-one and say these words, Hey, I'd really like you to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
it's not just a general invitation to mm-hmm. camp because we're trying to win. You know, the other thing we do is if most people who come, they get VIP mm-hmm. and all yeah. those, those simple things. This is a personal invitation. So it matters to the parents. It matters to the kids. And we would always see a 30 to 40% bump in that last 24 mm-hmm. hours based on those personal phone calls. And um, they're a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's one way to really encourage it, encourage it to happen. So yeah, very cool. Any, any last final thoughts before we wrap up? I'm sure this is true for ministry leaders. It's true for me as a small group leader. The thought of doing any more than I'm doing is exhausting. (laughs) The thought of adding one more thing is just like, it just feels impossible. And so this year, my co-leader and I committed to invite students to things we are already doing. Hmm. So instead of hosting big events, which like you said, sometimes aren't well attended anyway, and I cannot come up with a rhyme or reason to why they attend or don't attend some of the events we do. (laughs) But we invite, like I knew when Stranger Things came out on Netflix, I was watching it the day it came out. So we just had a Stranger Things watch party. And I knew I was going to be there. It was going to be at my house. (laughs) On your couch. And kids came. And it was was great. Or um, when I know that I've got this, you know, this, project that's going to require me to drive around all day and pick up different stuff from different stores. I'll invite a kid like, Hey, I got to do a lot of errands today. You want to just come sit with me and drink Starbucks, like that kind of thing. And if we invite them into what we're already doing, it just makes it a lot easier. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. One other practical idea. When you're talking to your leaders, we live in a world where that's all we talk about is attendance. Mm. Talk about your rosters, not just Mm. the kids, because your rosters include the kids who are not here. Yeah. Make Mm. sure to always include your small group is you know, the kids who are here this Sunday, but it's also the kids who weren't. And so when you start to feel responsible for your roster, not necessarily your attendance, um, it changes people's perspective. Yeah. It's kind of a small thing, but it matters. Well, and I think it's so easy for us to begin to make assumptions if we haven't seen a student in four weeks, five weeks, mm-hmm. like, right. uh, I guess they're going somewhere else. So they're not coming here anymore. They're not, they're not mine. Right. They're, I, you they know, they don't see it that own, way. Yeah, own them until you right. know they're not yeah. They're not until they say like, "Hey, man, going to a different church." You yeah. don't have to keep. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> always assume if you haven't seen them in three months, reach out to them. I yeah. used to tell my staff, "I don't want anybody taken off the rosters until you've talked to the small group leader." Yeah. Hmm. So that in general, the conversation that's constantly happening is, "Hey, we've seen they haven't been here in eight weeks. Do you know where they are?" And so you're asking yeah. about. And that. there's and a I great always use like terrible words like purge them. You know, yeah. like these. <laughs> it sounds so terrible because really you're kind of given up, yeah. you know, on trying to reach out to them. But, and the leaders take that personally too. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm about to take these kids off of your yeah. roster. Do you know where they went? Yeah. Well, and I remember Jamie talking about in a previous podcast, I remember him talking about this system that they use of the red light, yellow light, green light to help figure out yeah. some of those mm-hmm. things in their conversations of, yeah. okay, no, he's a yellow light. He's, he's not been around in six weeks, but we, we still talk, yeah. you know, we yeah. text back and forth every now and then, or, you know, their parents, you know, have responded to a couple emails. Yeah. That could be a good job for your host team, mm-hmm. you know, while they're, you know, looking at just when was the last time this person did and highlight a couple kids who have been gone for yeah. a while. And Hey, and if your host team is highlighting the kids who haven't been there also, I mean, also give them prompts that their birthday's coming up or yeah. something yep. like that. I mean, those are all great reasons to reach out. So you're, you're basically helping your small yeah. group leaders out. Yeah. Um, to go back real quick to what Crystal said uh, earlier about, you know, if you can't imagine adding one more thing, add one more thing, just one more. 
that you're doing each week. Um, yeah. And it can be as simple as texting your kids or, yeah. um, you know, drive by during halftime, you know, during their, their game or whatever. Because if you, if you start doing that one thing, not only will you feel better just about yourself um, <laughs> as a volunteer or as a ministry leader, but you're connecting with that kid. You're giving that kid that, you know, that boost to yeah. say, hey, somebody besides my parents, somebody, somebody that doesn't have to care about me cares about me. Yeah. And this proves it. So don't just show up predictably. Don't just show up mentally. But we mm-hmm. also want to make sure that we're showing up randomly and that we're mm-hmm. encouraging and equipping and leading our small group leaders, our volunteers to do the same thing because we know, I mean, it just it just multiplies the impact and the influence that we have in the time that we spend together in programming and in church different pieces like that. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to call back to that episode that I mentioned with Jamie Dickens about the red light, green light, yellow light sort of system, then that's episode 15, how to measure success in your ministry. And not to make it too awkward with one of the authors sitting right to my left, but if you haven't read Lead Small or if that's not something that you're getting in front of your volunteers, uh, we would really encourage you to, to check that out. You can just Google Lead Small Tom Shunis, but you have to spell it exactly right because <laughs> there's another Tom Shunis that wrote. I'm just kidding. So you yeah. should spell it for us. <laughs> if you Google Lead Small Orange, I'm sure it's probably going to pop up there, but it's a, it's a great resource that's going to help them understand and help you understand what it looks like for us to be creating an atmosphere where we're encouraging them to connect outside of our normal time together. So thank you so much for joining us for Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you want to learn more about the student curriculum and the strategy that we're a part of here at Orange, just head to rethinkingym.org. You're going to find show notes there, all sorts of other things too. And until next time, thank you guys so much for listening.